0: A sports mom have something to yes, say
1: yes we do
0: we'll have a chance to interview across the board from athletes to the parents to the coaches to even the trainers
2: and we're not afraid to share a journey. we're not afraid to tell other moms what we went through in order to raise up a student athlete so i believe that it's inspirational we able to tell our story the good and the bad yes. we can give back Positive information. Absolutely. You know, we can empower
0: them. Yeah. I think it's time for the mothers to be a voice. Yeah. Yes. That's it. Yeah. It's
2: time for us to to let you know what's going on. Yes. Hey, hey, what's up? This is Karen and Can We Talk Sports. And I'm here with my host, Kawashika. I mean, I'm mean, i here with my host, so y'all yeah, got to work on that. Go ahead, Kawashika. Yes.
0: Kawashica. Hey, hey, hey. This is your girl, Kawashika.
2: Girl, what you been doing?
0: Looking pretty. No, just-
2: <laughs> I know that's right. That hair is on fire. It looks good. Thank that red you. looks good on you. Thank you, Miss Carrie. You
0: ought to try it.
2: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. You can do I it. I <laughs> this gray so long. Uh I just don't know what I don't know how I would even feel if I had another color. You need to surprise your husband. Hey. <laughs> 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 that would be a surprise. Uh, that, that's the kind of stuff you do on an anniversary. Right. Once right. every now and then. Well, go get that wig. And
0: those pumps. <laughs> Red pumps. Let's, th- let's
2: do this. Right, girl. So, girl, today, me and um, there was a camp going on in the DFW air, uh, area in McKinney, Texas. And um, me and Aisha, the other sports mom, uh, we went live. It was hot, 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 but it was a football clinic um uh, for um uh, the high school players who are uh, you know, just still trying to stay relevant, still trying to work out. There was a lot of kids there uh, got a chance to share. Um, our cards with some of the moms, letting them know that, you know, sports mom got a talk show. And so it was, it was, it was, it was pretty good. So, how was your weekend? It was amazing. I got to meet
0: uh, my friend and co host today for dinner or lunch, Miss
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <Ms>. Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? You know, we've been talking about doing things new, and I'm still on that. So the mm-hmm. restaurant that you took us to was very new for me. Um, I cannot pronounce those name the name of those.
1: Okay.
2: Don't it worry was, about it.
0: I'm not gonna do it, but they was new for me, and so uh, that was fun. I, I enjoyed, you know, us sitting down and talking, and you know, talking about new things that we're about to do.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, I like that. I like that, That you know, the fact that um, we're trying to step out the box and come up with some new things. Uh, I still have to do my swimming. Uh, I reached out to our guest, Amy, I mean, Abby, and so she was like, I can't wait to hear about you going in the swimming pool. And then here, Kawashka. I told my husband about what Abby uh, challenged me to do, mm-hmm. and because he's always on me about swimming, he's gonna say, oh, "Well, if you're gonna do that for her, then you need to." This is what I want you to do for me. I want you to put your head in the water for ten seconds.
0: <laughs> I said, what? "Mr. Reese
2: is are hilarious." <clears throat> uh, you're gonna have to be there for me do that. <laughs> We're have to do that. We're gonna do this. To my head as long as I can feel my foot at the bottom mm-hmm. and I just hold my head under the water. But I'm gonna do it. I said I, I would love to go live with um Abby on the phone so she can see me and I'd be like you know
0: what right. So you can, do it. you can do it, you can do it, I promise you. It's 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 not hard. I mean it may be a challenge, but think of something positive and just let's go
3: <laughs> is,
2: that what, is that what I'm about to do I, you I'm know you're
0: gonna hold your nose uh huh. and you're gonna think of something real real positive
2: uh-huh oh that's what I'm gonna do huh that's
0: it I'm all you have to, I'm telling you and take them glasses off.
2: Oh, let's go to work. Okay. Well, that's going to be exciting, uh, sports fans. You guys, I'm going to invite you along when I try to do the first step of learning how to swim. swim. You know, so us sports moms, we are trying new things. You know, right. we're so busy with doing things to our kids and stuff. So now we're trying to be adventurous and doing things watch for her, her crab eating all those look funny looking legs <laughs> and i'm gonna do my swimming and invite him i, I would so, i'm to, oh. to do
0: bungee jumping or something too oh
2: hell no oh <laughs> i'm not doing that <laughs> i am just- you talking about on the plane or off the uh, side of a mound? What? Mm, not a plane.
0: Not not no. Not a plane. Probably, um, you know, like those places that have that. You know, um, uh, the the job. ones
2: indoors you climb up the rocks. Right. Um, yeah. Let's
0: start. Let's let's go beginners first, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> not no plane, no sir. No I probably matter.
2: wouldn't be able to climb up that rock. I'm going I'm find one something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something
0: something that takes away the fear. Like, you know, um, that's what I'm thinking of, like things that you would not normally do. And so you may have fear in this area. But if you conquer this over here, I'm pretty sure if I can do this, I can do that. You know, it will take that place. And so that's my mindset. I'm thinking like so something I never done, bungee jumping, you know, that, you know, I'm 41. I don't know how that make me feel. But, if I can do that, then I can beat this over here right,
2: know?
0: so I think that's what it is for me, you know, trying new things and just I, I just really i'm I feel like I'm behind, but then I'm not you know, with the crab thing, you was like, "I ain't did it either. I was like, oh, okay, you know, so but that's what it is, so swimming now, I can help you with swimming <laughs>
2: You know what, one of my other, and you know, I'm so excited with our guest because I looked on his Facebook page and he's talking a lot about uh, vegetarian. He's uh, saying no no meat and stuff. So I'm going to ask him about those posts. And so if he's a vegetarian, um, uh, a vegan, a vegan, I'm going to, that is a challenge for me because my husband is always telling me, I don't eat enough vegetables. And so uh, that might be my next challenge is to eat more vegetables. Like uh, I have some squash in the refrigerator and I may make it for my husband, but I ain't eating no squash. And so I think that might be another challenge for me is to eat some vegetables. So we're going to ask our guests about uh, being if he's a vegan or if he's just posting the stuff for a uh, vegan. So we're going to talk about that. But we are excited to have on the show tonight, we have uh, Coach Lee. He is a basketball consultant. He has worked with the NBA in India. Uh, he has a long resume. So we are excited to invite to the show Coach Lee.
0: Vào tháng 6 của năm 2018 thì giải bóng rổ chuyên nghiệp Việt Nam VBA mới quay trở lại. Lúc này thì huấn luyện viên Litao Dana của Thang Long Warriors cũng đang có mặt tại Việt Nam để tận hưởng bầu không khí năm mới và bên cạnh đó thì ông cũng đã có những chia sẻ cho những kế hoạch tương lai với đội đương kim vô địch của giải VBA.
3: Tôi
1: vẫn nhớ những ngày đầu tới Thăng Long Warriors, mọi thứ không hề dễ dàng, nhưng với các cầu thủ tốt, tôi cảm thấy rất vững tâm để xây dựng câu lạc bộ từ ngày đầu. Ở mùa giải mới, tôi sẽ chú trọng vào việc phát triển và cân bằng giữa các cầu thủ nội và ngoại. Nhiều cầu thủ nội còn nói với tôi rằng trước đó họ chưa bao giờ có huấn luyện viên nào, nhưng mới qua một mùa thôi, họ đã chuyên nghiệp hơn nhiều. Mặc dù vô định mua giải đầu tiên, nhưng chúng tôi luôn nói với mình phải cố gắng. Hiện tại tôi đang nghỉ ngơi vài ngày, sau đó sẽ bắt tay vào tìm cầu thủ mới. Jay wan đang thi đấu tại Canada, chúng tôi cùng chờ xem anh ấy muốn ký hợp đồng nữa hay không. Một số cầu thủ nội khác như Văn Hùng hay Tô Quang Trung phải đưa ra quyết định sớm. Bên cạnh VBA, chúng tôi cũng sẽ tìm hiểu để tham gia các giải quốc tế như Hà Nội Buffalo hay Saigon Heat đang làm. Ở thời điểm này, chưa có quá nhiều điều để nói. Tôi chỉ dự định tận hưởng cảm giác năm mới tại Hà Nội một cách thoải mái nhất. Chúc mừng nào mỗi Việt Nam.
2: Hello! Ladies, Coach Lee, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having welcome. me. Good to be here.
2: We are I, so glad. On the
3: show, afternoon. I've seen many coaches, so I'm, it's my honor to be on here. Thank you.
2: Thank you. That's so awesome. I remember we had a previous schedule, and I think you were in India, and uh, right. I think you was telling me about the electricity or something going in and out. And now you are in the States, you're in Chicago. So tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about your transitioning back to the States.
3: Um, Well, I haven't lived in the States for about eight years. Um, I've been traveling around the world coaching and doing various projects. So coming back, I feel like a foreigner a little bit. Um, It's a little bit different, but. even with everything going on, it's still good to be back. It's been a long time.
2: So, give us a little bit about your background. I see that you are a basketball consultant with the NBA. Currently, you were you were currently working in India. Uh, so, kind of tell us about that and tell us about what you're doing right now.
3: Okay, yeah, I was um, I was with the uh, NBA India. Uh, in conjunction with the junior NBA program and uh, a couple of entities in India. And uh, we were scouting, mostly looking for talent in India, putting together tournaments, um, giving coaching clinics, things of that nature. Um, And in the past year and a half, I've been in Mexico and Japan, and you played the the video Vietnam, so I've been around a little bit. and now I'm just back in the States, trying to settle in a little bit with the pandemic and all. Uh, I got a um, evacuation flight out of India, and I was actually in lockdown for three months, like stuck, stuck. And, um, but I got back, so it's good to be wow. back here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, India is How- a different world, different world, so.
2: Oh, and you said three months. And so we've yeah. been complaining about locked up here in three, you know, for three months, but you were in India. Uh, well, I was doing
3: so- my own thing. I, <laughs> I was living like, I'm actually, besides coaching, I'm coming out of the closet, but uh, I'm also a Zen priest. So when I was in India, I was like meditating every day. And, um, you know, it was really locked down. I was, I was alone. It was really like a lockdown situation. Couldn't go anywhere for at least two months. Uh, oh, just trying wow. to do a little bit of food. Yeah, it was challenging, though, but uh, I got to practice a lot of meditation.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. That's good. So to turn positive.
3: Oh, right. <laughs> I hold my breath right. like swimming and try positive thoughts. I try to do like that.
0: <laughs> yes, it works. Yeah, That's right. That. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Coach Lee. So I have a yes, question sir. for you. So you have a master' master's degree in Asian studies.
3: It's um Asian race. studies, but focused on um, Buddhism, on Buddhist history. Uh, because I'm like I said, I'm a Zen guy, I'm a Buddhist guy. So I did my master's focusing on like history of Buddhism. So I've been practicing that for, for minutes. It's been a while.
2: Wow. So how did you get into basketball? Tell us about your history in basketball. I mean, did you play basketball? Um, How did you get into coaching? You know, just tell us, tell us about that journey.
3: Okay. Um, I think kind of typical, I went up the ranks. Like I, um, you know, played in high school and, I got hurt in high school. I thought I was going to go to Notre Dame. I got hurt, went to small college. Then I played uh, professionally in Canada. And then um, while I was playing, I I was really interested in coaching. I liked the X and O's and, you know, drawing up plays and things like that. So soon after that, I got a a job uh, coaching a high school team, girls, and then a boys high school team. And then I did junior college and then professional. So I kind of went up the ranks a little bit, step by step. And then um, the last few years or several years, I've been coaching like internationally, like I said, uh, a lot in Asia, um, around Thailand and Vietnam and places like that. But um, uh, you know, next, it might be Europe. So depending on what happens with you know, basketball in the world with the coronavirus and everything. So, but I went up the ranks um, and slow process, basically steady process.
2: So how did you go from, you know, being here in the United States and then going to another country and doing that? You said you went to Canada, but how did you get into India? How did you, how, how was that slow ranks? you know, you know, did you meet somebody and they told somebody about you and then you got you ended up here? How did that all work? All right.
3: Um, well, I, I was, uh I was coaching junior college basketball in California. Mm-hmm. And basketball is, um, at least for me, is like I, I throw everything into it. So I put a lot of time into it and sleeping on the office floor every night, that kind of thing, trying to recruit players. So, um, so after the season, after this one season, I thought, for the first time in about maybe four years, I'm gonna take a break. I'm gonna take at least a couple of weeks and take a break. And uh, I met a man in California, he asked me to go to Korea and uh, just go over and observe and, and uh, so see what's happening over there. So I thought, oh, opportunity to go to another country, um, which to me, where I grew up, um, not ashamed to say I was really poor, I grew up on the East Coast, never dreamed I would go to another country um, let alone like Korea. So I got a chance to go. It was free. So I went and observed and I got into teaching. I was teaching English a little bit. Um, and then people heard about my background as a player a little bit. So people asked me, Hey, can you, can you, you know, coach these little kids? Uh, can you coach this high school team? Can you coach here and there? So I just started like that, but it was really meeting a man in, um, California, he just like, Hey, you want to take a trip? So it's kind of luck in a way, Yeah. but, um, great experience, uh, going to see different countries and, um, how people live, um, is really, really interesting. It's like an education in itself. So I learned a lot, really, really interesting experience.
2: Well, luck or your passion, I mean, your purpose, you know how this is turned into how many years have you been doing this
3: um i think it's like 18 or 19 years
2: 18 and 19 years so it it was a you know a journey for you and it took you there oop i just swallowed a cough drop real hard
3: but um <laughs> <laughs> don't don't <laughs> die on air i'll feel very right. guilty <laughs> right
2: so, tell Don't us- choke on air, <laughs> right? Uh Tell us about the difference with players from the United States versus the players are that are from Korea and India, and and tell us the difference between the type of players.
3: Okay, well, a lot of it has to do with the culture, right? So, a lot of, of um, American players, they confident in their abilities, um, and they go to these teams where there's only like two or three maybe foreign players, two or three Americans on these teams. So they go over there expecting, and we're expecting them to, to, we say, put up numbers. They need a score for us and rebound and all that. Whereas a lot of times the the local players, say say, let's say, Korea, China, whatever, a lot of those players are more like role players. Um, and the, the Americans usually are uh, are um, you know maybe Division One universities, Division Two could be Division Three, whatever. But um, but those guys are the like our main guys. Those guys are, you know have the ball a lot. So, but culturally, I think it's kind of a stereotype. But a lot of the cultures in Asia, they don't want to be at the forefront a lot of times. Uh, mm. They're okay with being a role player. And the Americans, they're like, "Oh no, I'll, I'll be the man on this team. I have no problem with that." So, so it works out pretty well. But it, it's a difference between like your star players being Americans and then role players usually. Usually.
2: So, is that a clash? I mean, is it first when you when our players, the American players, go over there and are trying to dominate and? them, you know, them and their culture and sports, is it, does it, is it friction? Like, okay, you're coming over here to our world and trying to run it. Is there friction with the players right out, you know, in the beginning?
3: Um, I mean, everybody pretty much knows the deal, how things are supposed to go. Um, and, and my job as a coach is to make sure we don't, you know, to smooth those things over so we don't have that kind of friction. So, so when we have a guy come in, I'll give you an example. I was coaching in this one country and uh, a player flew in, and, uh, but he was stuck in the airport and everything. It was like a two-day trip to fly. And when he arrived, I said, hey, for the first practice, you know, just chill, take it easy, just observe. Uh, you know, I know you're tired from your flight. I want you to take a day or two to get over jet lag or whatever. So he was sitting down watching, and one player walked up to him and said, hey, you need to practice with us, and blah, blah, you know? And, uh, you know, just because you're an import player doesn't mean you're special. You know, he took that attitude. So, you know, it's my job to make sure, like, I gotta kind of squash that a little bit. So I explained to the players, hey, look, he just flew and stuck in airports for two days. I told him that he needs to relax. I told him not to practice today but everything like you have to be, have a lot of good, open communication. Um, And I like to consider myself like a player's coach. I know what it's like playing. So um, as long as there's good communication, everybody knows, you know, you lay everything out on the table, what you want as a coach, everybody knows the deal. Usually people are okay with it. Um, So I, I only had problems in one country I can think of. And, um, you know, sometimes you got to deal with egos. It happens. Um, mm. But I've been lucky. I've been lucky where I've had really good teams. That that video you um, you showed, like that was a special team. Um, but usually the relationships are like what's fun about, about coaching anyway. So uh, I haven't had too many problems. One country I did last year is the first time, uh, mm. which I knew would happen sooner or later, right? But most of the time it's cool. Everything's OK.
2: Now, what are you saying to the mamas? Because here's my baby, going to go to a whole nother country, a place they never seen before. What are you saying to the mamas to, and the daddies to help smooth over, you know, this player making this type of, you know, transition? I mean,
3: yeah.
2: how how do you do that? <laughs>
3: It's a big transition like your first time going abroad to play it's a it's a, you know it's gonna be culture shock players are gonna miss their families some players um, especially veteran players might you know have a spouse might have a couple kids so it's a big deal it is it's it's a lot but um, I don't really communicate with parents um, yeah. because I'm dealing I coach men so I'm dealing with men. And but I I talk with them a lot about the culture, like whatever country I'm coaching in. I tell them um, as much information as possible. I help them like, hey, here's where you go shopping for food. Um, Here's where you do this. Here's where you get your laundry, like everything. So their housing situation, sometimes if you have rookie players they haven't even been away from home before. So you got to help them through and you got to kind of be a parent in a way sometimes. But I don't directly communicate with the parents. Um, I stopped that when I was like in high school, like coaching high school. And I talked to the parents. Um, But if a parent wants to call me and check up like on their son, stuff like that. But and I'll talk. So it's not about. The co- coach is communicating with the parents. It's usually the coach through the player. Player.
2: Oh, okay. I you know my things was freezing up, but we have a question right here. Um, a question. Uh, guy says, "How did Steph?" Marbury changed international basketball, or did he? You know who that is. Yeah, yeah. Are we stuck? Oh, did you get the?
3: Okay.
2: Are we? Are we okay? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you answer that question for him. <laughs>
3: Yeah, so um, I was saying like, he he's from my area, he's a New York guy, uh, he, he's huge in China. He, well, he was like so big because basketball is really, really popular. They go crazy for basketball in China. So they have more people watching basketball than we have uh, the whole population of America. They got like hundreds of millions of people watching. So he really, really? Uh, helped, yeah, yeah, it's huge. So he helped grow the sport, uh, not only in China, but like in the whole region. So, you know, shout out to Steph, but he he uh, he really, really um, helped basketball like explode in Asia.
2: So you, wait, wait, wait. You said that there is more people in China that watch the sport than we have, than we do, we have
3: than the total population of America.
2: Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Let's go back. Let's yeah. go back. So, <laughs> how much do they get paid? What's the average uh, salary do players get paid to go play basketball in a in a population like China?
3: Um, it depends, but those guys, you know, making a guy like Marbury or... Um, uh, there, there are veterans that have gone over there, like J.R. Smith, um, who else can I name? Um, but they're, they're guys making like million dollars plus.
2: Really?
3: Yeah, but not that <coughs> I mean... I'm blinking out a little bit.
2: I think we uh froze a little bit, okay, are you back coach? I think you uh, froze a I see bit.
3: me and I see you miss Karen okay,
2: okay, okay so, okay uh, so guys say it's more appealing now to play overseas uh,
3: okay, okay. yes yeah, so so not everybody makes a million dollars, but you make a to me it's a lot of money making six figures is a lot of money, so.
2: Really? Yeah.
3: So, and yeah.
2: so, what is the average um, price of the tickets to come to the games over there in a China, in a place, China?
3: I, I, uh, I, actually, I don't know. Um, and as a coach, you know, you're always getting games free. <laughs> it's a perk, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't know what they are. I, I don't know. But I don't think they're that expensive. I don't think like the average person easily where could pay for it. But I think like an NBA game, like that's expensive, to be honest with you. But um, I think in China and other countries, it's not really that expensive, but they have again, they have TV and all that stuff and all the advertising. So that's how they're able to pay players.
2: And because on the video that we saw, um, the arena was not that big. I don't know if that was considered an NBA. Um, I know you said VBA, but I don't know if that's considered on the same scale of NBA. So what is the average size of their arena as far as how many people can come in to the game, to see the games?
3: You mean on uh, the video that that you showed of me? Yeah,
2: the video I uh, showed, it wasn't that many uh, levels of seats. It looks right, right. almost like on like a high school level right. type of arena. Yeah.
3: Um, well, it depends on the country. Um like some countries, like okay, like the Philippines, for their university games are Oh.
2: I guess he's snapped out. I guess China, I mean he's in he's in Chicago, so I guess his internet Um, snapped up, but I'm sure he'll be logging back in because this was very interesting. Okay, there he is.
3: Okay, got lost. (laughs) Okay. So, um, there are many leagues in many countries. So, some will be like only a thousand people, and then some will be like twenty thousand people. So, it just depends on the country, um, and the league. Okay. like that film where you showed is probably only maybe 3,000 people or so. Um, yeah. And I've coached. It, there's a lot of professional leagues that are not, I mean, they're not on the level of NBA. So, you know, players are making, um, you know, they might they might make um, like 3000 $10,000 a month, something like mm. that for lower mm. leagues, you know.
2: Well, I was just trying to compare to when you said how many people watched the game. And I was just curious on how many people are actually in the arena. Are the arenas like the Staples Center for the Lakers at whole, you know, twenty, forty thousand 40,000 people um, type of thing? Yeah. Um, just as far as um, looking at the comparison of it. Um, So what do you view as the hardest thing that a player has to adjust to when they come to another country? I mean, do you deal with um, not mental illness, but just that thing of uh, being so far away from their parents? And, you know, when something happened, you know, like right now, if something happened to my son, I can drive to his house in 45 minutes. Whereas these kids are across in another country. You know, what is that, that hard thing that most players have to deal with, adjust to when they come to uh, playing in another country?
3: Yeah, I, well, I, I think you said it. I think being away from family is the biggest thing. Um, being away from your culture, being away from your neighborhood. So if you, like me, like, you know, if you just never went anywhere in your life and you always lived in your neighborhood, And then all of a sudden, you know, you're going to a completely different country and your family's not there. And um, that's a big adjustment. So I think family's number one. Um, And then, you know, people miss food. You know, you can't just go Mm. and call up Dominic's and get a pizza, you know?
2: You
3: you can't go here and there and and just like, like in New York, for example, you go to a Jewish deli, if you want vegan food, soul food, Italian food that, you know, you got everything there and then you go to a place where everyone's eating noodles every day, you know? So you got to adjust to the culture, food and and travel, how you get around the cities. It's a very wow. big adjustment. So, so me as a coach, I, I got to be there and help the players with all these things. Um, because, um, you know, it might be their first time abroad, but even if it's their Fifth different country, it's going to be all new. So it's my job to help them with that. My assistants help with that. Uh, I have always have staff, general manager. There's there's a big support group to help the players though.
2: Wow. So there's not like an Albertson or a Ralph grocery store or a Walmart.
3: You no know, Walmart. Where we
2: go <laughs> get those, you know, the type of food that we, you know, the, that we. Wow. So that right
3: there. I will tell you something. I had never been in a Walmart in my life until I came back here. Like So like two, three weeks ago, I was like, oh, this is Walmart. They got a lot of stuff here. (laughs) Like, Yeah, like they don't have that in other countries. But, you know, in big cities, you get big supermarkets usually. Um, You might not have anything as big as um, like Albertsons or anything like that, but there's supermarkets and you can sometimes get some uh, American food. I mean, like you can get spaghetti and spaghetti sauce, and you know things like that. But you know, it's interesting—is it's cheaper <coughs> to eat out at restaurants in some countries than it is to to cook at home. And the players usually like to eat out, so um, so that's that's one bonus. So really? we usually eat good. We usually eat okay.
2: So um, as far as a, a good old steak and French fries. <laughs>
3: You know some countries like i just came from india like you can't get a steak i don't think i don't know it's like it's very vegetarian country um Mm. but if you go to philippines they eat birds that were just born i mean they eat everything (laughs) so so yeah they eat some hate to say it but some countries some countries i give example i was in vietnam and i was with my friend and she said let's go in this restaurant and i'm vegan right so All right. And she knows I'm vegan. So we go in this restaurant and they had like goats, brains. And I won't go into all the stuff they had, but they had some body parts that I couldn't believe people ate that stuff. You know, it was nasty. Okay,
2: (laughs) I mean, you know, you hear about those things and you just don't know if they're true or not. And you know, yeah. like lately I've been seeing a video that's been going around Facebook where they were skinning the rats. And I was just like, is that really yeah.
3: true? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. God. People eat insects. People eat cockroaches. Like we think cockroaches oh. is just right? No, they eat, like people eat some stuff in some countries that like for us, like in America, it's like pork, chicken, beef, fish, you fish. know, like, yeah, like a few things like that. But in in other countries, like they being snakes and stuff. So uh, it's just as different, different, but it's for a player, for a player, it's part of the experience though. Like a lot of times, like you go to places that you've never seen, you try things you never, you know, tried oh. before. It's all oh, new no. experience.
2: That will be one thing. <laughs> that I wasn't trying. I w- my money would go towards my mama sending me a trunk of uh <laughs> dry beef, dried chicken every month. Or I and would for- be Oh, I just couldn't do it.
3: And for the moms out there, for the for the parents, um the players do miss food from the States. So if you were to send, we say, care package, right? If you send some package, they would really appreciate it. And and players love to get, you know, mail and stuff from home anyways, you know? So, um, for all you parents out there, like, definitely you got a son or daughter playing professionally, like, send them something like if you could once a month, even if it's some little thing, like, because, like, you might not be able to get that product in that country where they are, you know? mean, In Europe, it's easier, but And Asia, and now they're going to have, uh, NBA is trying to start a league in Africa, and it's going to be very different for those players there, for example. So, um, yeah, so if you can, at least maybe once a month send something. But the seasons aren't that long, usually. The seasons are a few months. The NBA is very, you know, like eight, nine months. Uh, Japan is very long. It's like nine months, but um, a lot of leagues you play for three or four months, and you go home, and then you go to, then you go back again. So um, sometimes you're not away from home so long.
2: Right, and and that's good because the NBA they have like a hundred some games. I'm just like
3: that's a, a lot, lot of games. That's, you play a lot. Yeah. that's
2: that's too many games for me. So I and then I I like it when the playoffs start. But how can you tell our parents how would a child or how would their athlete uh, try out or what do they have to do in order to be picked up for a team to go play across uh, across board, across in another country? What would they have to do?
3: That's a good question. Um, The first thing I would do as a player is I try to get an agent um, because an agent can contact all the different teams and different countries and find out where there's a good spot for you. Um, it's hard as an American to get uh, a job playing abroad if you're a smaller player, because yeah. countries already have smaller players. But if you're like 6'10", everybody's trying to get you, you know? So, um, but I would try to get an agent first. And um, what doesn't work is like I'm a coach and I hear from players and agents every day. I don't really want to hear from players because I can't keep up with it. And I always direct players like, hey, try to find yourself an agent and then talk to other players is another thing. And ask them, who's your agent or how did you get a job abroad? So players should be talking to players. Um, And basketball world is very connected. So it's like everybody knows everybody almost. So if I'm a player, say I'm going to graduate from college or junior college or whatever, and I want to play abroad, I'm going to try and connect with guys who've been playing, friends or friends of friends. So agents, try to get agent and try to talk to as many other basketball players as possible and ask them like, how they did it and where, what countries they went to. But agents will help you. Uh, if you try to do it by yourself, it's, it's difficult.
2: And and then do you allow players to come straight out of high school to um, play abroad?
3: Sure. Yeah. Actually, it's happening more like, um, for example, in, uh, let's say, um, Australia, for example, like. There's, there's guys they they're, they're are going to skip their players are going to go from high school and skip college and go play in Australia or or Europe or they might go to the, to the uh, G league, for example, but it's happening. It's going to happen more and more and more. So if you have the talent and you think you can handle, you know, you have to be, you have to kind of be an adult a little bit, you know, you got to handle your own business a little bit. So, um, cause you know, your parents aren't going to be there for you. So you have to do things on your own. You have to kind of grow up quick sometimes, but sure. If, if there's a good player, there's going to be teams and, Again, there is a good support system. A lot of times, um, so I would def for me. I definitely take a guy's talented. I definitely going to take him um, on my team, and I might have to give him a little bit extra help if you know he's not thirty year old man can do stuff by himself. He's like eighteen. Yeah, definitely. So it can be done.
2: Hmm. So <clears throat> um. I just had a- um a thought, and i just just forgot it just that quick um, so uh, I saw on your Facebook page that you are a um vegan you, right. you talk about not eating meat, and I was telling the other co co-host that um <laughs> I'm not a good vegetable person uh, uh, so um how did you get into um have you always been a vegan? Or is that something you, um, that happened when you became an adult? Or how did you get uh, into that?
3: Yeah, it was, um, so I've been vegan for about 16 years. And, mm-hmm. um, excuse me, and I was, I was going, I was taking classes at Cal State. I remember I was taking a course, I was back in the States. And anyways, um, um, I went to the library. And I was just reading about nutrition because I was always interested in nutrition. And then I read something that really kind of hit me, and that was um, we can be healthy and we don't have to kill the animals. And I was always kind of like an animal lover, you know. So I was like, oh, wait a minute. It's like I can be healthy, don't have to kill animals. Word. So I was like, like one second. I was like, okay, that was it. That was it. So That's it took. Yeah. yeah, that was it. That was it. And and then I, you know, I met a lot of people that had been like vegan their whole lives, they had never had meat. And I was like, Really? You could do that? You know, for real. And they're like, Yeah, yeah. But as you study nutrition, um, like I'm pretty healthy. I had a cold in two thousand eleven, like a common cold. Like, I mean, I'm gonna get sick, I'm gonna die like everybody else, but but it's really a healthy lifestyle. So for athletes, but also anybody, um, it's like you if you haven't grown up with it and hasn't, you haven't been around it, it's like anything. You have to kind of educate yourself. There's like 80,000 different foods we can eat that is not from animals, right? There's a lot of food out there. But, like, you know, we're so used to, in America, like fast food and the same stuff right. all the time. It drive-through is easy and all that stuff. Right. But if you look at healthy food, healthy food is from plants, you know, and you get all your protein, all your, we say, macronutrients, micronutrients, you get everything you need. But you got to learn a little bit, like, you know, like, like, what should I usually eat for this? And that? Like, I weigh, I'm like 6'4", 205 or something. And I got a little bit of six pack. I don't say it's six, it's probably four. <laughs> <laughs> but... But, you know, I exercise and stuff like that. But my energy levels, you know, everything's good. So, and if you look at the athletes, like Kyrie Irving's vegan, Chris Paul went vegan. Um, There's a lot of guys, JaVale McGee. There's a lot of guys in NBA vegan where, like, 10 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, weren't that many people. But now everybody sees the benefits. So, but it's good for everybody. So, I'm, like, that's why I post stuff on Facebook, like, hey, Athletes, you can be like Serena Williams. I mean, you can be a world-class athlete. You know, it, it, because you don't eat meat doesn't mean like you weak or something. It's like an old we say wives' tale, right? It's an old tale. So you can definitely be healthy and and actually, it's it's a healthier lifestyle. It's healthier. So I encourage everybody to to try it, to do
2: it. So, what's your favorite uh, vegan meal?
3: Um. I'm not a good cook, right? So, um, and in other countries, it's cheaper to eat out than it is to to cook at home, right? But um, okay, like Walmart, give you an example. And Walmart, like if you if you like hamburgers, there's vegan hamburgers that, like, I bet you can't tell the difference. So there's vegan hamburgers is chicken patties. There's uh, there's all kind of stuff. There's like ground it. Tastes like ground meat, but it's really made These from different my
2: soy Soybean?
3: Yeah, but like this other, there's a lot, a lot. Like I said, there's eighty thousand different things we can eat. So, like I don't eat a lot of soy, um, but you know, okay, like milk, right? Like cow's milk. Now we have almond milk, oat milk, um, right? Hemp milk, um, like all kind of different milks and stuff. Now it's like twenty different ones. So like today I have like almond milk and oat milk. So right. I instead of having cow's milk.
2: Right. So do so yeah. you eat a lot of noodles? Like feta um, pasta, no, spaghetti. I think,
3: like, um I just I eat a variety of things. A variety <laughs> of things. So like I, I'm over two hundred pounds. I ain't that small. Like I'm not <laughs> big, but I'm not small. Um but I eat a variety <laughs> of things and um uh sometimes because i like i like to work out a little bit and stuff then i i have a um i'll take a protein shake that's um pea protein and quinoa in there and there's like a few different proteins in there but it's all plant-based with like this spinach in there all this stuff like that and i just put that with some juice and i have like one of those one or two of those. Though. But I like cereal, I'm kind of like a cereal-aholic.
2: That's so, sugar.
3: No, no, yeah. I eat the healthy stuff though, I eat the healthy stuff. So, like, uh, thing about- uh,
2: Granola, yeah. nuts, or?
3: Yeah, yeah, there's there's like, if you go to, again, Walmart, supermarket, <laughs> there's like so many cereals, it's crazy. But I don't eat Fruit Loops, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't <laughs> eat, I don't eat, um, Captain Crunch is good, but I don't eat it now, right? So mm. I, eat, I eat like healthy stuff. There's a Special K. It's like, yeah, it's like wheat, mostly wheat and blah, blah blah. So like, there's a Special K with 15 grams of protein in it. So like, I'll I'll have that. Uh, raisin Bran is easy. Don't have yeah. a lot of chemicals and stuff in there. So, yeah. So again, you can eat a variety of foods, but you have to think about like, what do I like? You know. Um, so, I feel like ice cream they have ice creams now it's like made out of coconut and a, some- other stuff that right I don't know if you could tell the difference so I'm not sure, but yeah. well,
2: all right, so <laughs> tell me about what do you do outside of basketball and animals? What else do you do
3: um like I said, I'm kind of coming out of closet, so to speak today so um uh, so I've been a Zen priest for about ten years, so um uh, I do my meditation a couple of times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, that, that's a little bit of time. And then, um, uh, it depends when I'm coaching. Like I spend a lot of time coaching, um, cause my job is to win games. Right. So, mm-hmm. so I have a good overall record of my percentage of games that I, that I've won, um, So, but in order to do that, like, it takes a lot of work. So coaching is not a, it's not a 40 hour week job for me. It's like, I'm, I'm at it like every day, all day. So I spend a lot of time, um, scouting players, scouting teams. I might recruit players. I'm on the phone all the time with staff and the team president, the team owner, the general manager, all these people. So for professional basketball and also for college, like there's a lot to it. So when you see these coaches at like colleges and stuff here, they're spending a lot of time because if you don't put the time in, um, your teams are probably not going to win. How I, I think of it. Yeah. Okay,
2: you got COVID nineteen going on, and yeah. one of the things I've been asking coaches is. You know, we say, ask the players, what's their backup plan? What's your backup plan if you don't make it? And so now we've been asking the coaches, what is your backup plan? What if there's no more sports? What is your backup plan? What is it that you're going to do to to survive financially if if right. coaching was the only thing that took care of your livelihood? What's your backup plan? All
3: right. Um Okay, so I, for me, I'm in a a different situation, more unique situation because I put on this shirt which is like a basketball shirt, a team I coach recently, um, but I kind of live my lifestyle as a monk when I'm not coaching so I usually, I'm either in a temple as a monk or mm. I do volunteer work mm. but um, if I were not in this situation, um, I would probably, and this is really big, we say departure from sports, I would probably get my commercial driver's license and learn how to drive a truck because you make over $50,000, somewhere between like sixty, eighty thousand dollars a year driving a truck if you you know, if you can do that, you're going to be on the road a lot. But that's a job where it's in high demand right now. So if I had to provide for my family or something like that, or maybe just myself, like, that's what I would do.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, Because there are not a lot of jobs, at least that I see that, you know, you can't go to McDonald's, you know, and, and, you know, really make a living off of that, you're not gonna be able to pay your rent. So, Um, and I see I'm single. I don't have any children, that kind of thing. So I I could do that. So that would be my backup plan if I wanted to make a living. But to be honest, I may never get, you know, I may never be married and all that stuff. So I might be a monk and live in a temple at some point. That's Mm. what I'm going to do. Wow. Yeah. But I'm not oh. I'm not your typical American. I know that I'm a little bit different in some some ways. <laughs> but every but you're right, Miss Karen. Everyone needs a backup plan, um, and, and maybe not only a plan A, plan B, but maybe a plan C, um, because there are jobs available. Like I said, transportation, big um, things like nursing, healthcare. You know, yeah. You you can always get a job if you're a nurse.
0: Yeah. You know,
3: so. There's certain jobs I, I encourage people to uh, investigate. What do you like doing? But you know, think about you know, worlds changed right now. So we definitely got to have the you know backup plans for sure.
2: You if you you said that right. The world has cha- well, the world has changed, or we're dealing with something that we've never dealt before. And I remember, um, I think Shannon was mentioned to me about an article that was saying that the basketball players, some basketball players that was living check to check, you know, since COVID-19 has come out. Um so have you had to encourage or have you seen the struggles of basketball players who, you know, they hadn't made it to the top yet, you know, they were your probably the ones that go abroad. And you know, just now, you know, just making a little um a money to sustain themselves. But now COVID nineteen hit. There's no paycheck coming in. You know, have you had to encourage those players or mentor those players, or you know, just have you had to deal with that?
3: Yeah, um, I, I have. Um, it's it's real right now, right? So um, there's a there's that exact situation you just outline like there's a lot of players who you know they they were they were playing professionally abroad and making a little bit of money but you know they don't have savings and that that's a Mm -hmm. big thing i think people need to think about savings so and and we say it all the time in in like professional sports is like don't go out and just blow your paycheck and buy you know buy the jewelry buy this buy that and and don't be throwing your money around like you got to Put some money away for savings. That's one thing. But uh, I've been talking to players. um, A lot of people are in a tough spot, um, including professional athletes. Um, They were living paycheck to paycheck, so to speak, and they don't have the savings. So, you know, I'm telling players that we're just talking about, like, think a little bit about maybe over the next couple months, a few months, or the rest of. You know, 2020 is like you might have to go out and get a JOB before you can get back on the court again. Just try and stay in shape. I always encourage them to stay in shape, stay away from McDonald's and all that stuff. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, you know, a lot of people, myself included, like this could be the end of the road for me. I'm not sure for basketball. Right. So I'm actually going to the DMV tomorrow. To try and renew my driver's license, I just bought a car yesterday, and wow. uh, I'm just preparing. Like I might be here for a minute, so um, so we got to think about the and, and it's not anything I anticipated. You know, this is unprecedented, right? So, mm-hmm. but I might have to live like a, you know, different lifestyle. You know, I might have to do something else. So I might drive a truck. I might do that. Um, <laughs> And I'll be listening to games on the radio, so you know, <laughs> but right. all, all a lot But a lot of people in sports, you know, we, like basketball has just stopped for us. So, you know, we got to think about the ways and players, um, and especially, um, you know, players coming out of high school, college, you might mm. not make it professionally for one reason or another. So you got to think of, you know, doing different things. Um, mm. Going back to the plan B thing.
2: Yeah. So what's your message as a coach? I mean, when you get these, these kids that are coming over, I know you have a message about, you know, discipline as far as uh, playing the game, but what's your life message to these players that, that are coming, that are under your leadership as a coach?
3: You have some good questions, Ms. Karen. I want to mention. <laughs> Excellent question. Well, the one thing that is really hard for people to to understand, get their head around is like we have to help others. So whether we're mm-hmm. a basketball player or a coach or whatever, we're doing it to like help help people fans. We're trying to encourage young people. Um, we're doing a lot of things. We usually do a lot of charity work. Uh, professional teams do a lot of charity work as well. But I, it's like we have to try to, you know, come out of our egos a little bit, uh, especially, to be honest, in America, because we're such a, a society that's focused on us as individuals. When you go to Japan, it's all about the team, all about the community. Um, um, and if you're like, I'll put my hand up. If, if this is you, like the thumb, I'll put my hand up then mm-hmm. Japan, they'll push you back to make sure you're together with everybody. So, wow,
2: really?
3: so their culture is very focused on uh, the group, the community, whereas in America, it's like, what am I going to do about me? And I got to get mine. So I always try to talk to players a little bit about that. Like, like what what are we doing to help people? What are we doing to help others? And, wow. and if we can get that, you know, into the players' heads a little bit, then, and they realize it's not all about them, then they're like, okay, I got to do this extra effort for for these kids when I sign these autographs and do these selfies. I got to do this extra when we go out do community service. I got to do this little extra for this, for that, or to help my family. So I put a lot of emphasis on that.
2: Um, mm. Yeah. So, so when they're in the other, because I know here in the States, that the uh, basketball team they have to do the community service and go around. Do they do the same thing? And when they're in the other countries, have to do uh, show up for the hospitals and all the little community, you know, the community work uh, that like we do here in the states. Do they do that in, abroad?
3: Not always, but often. I'll say it that way. Like not yeah. every team does all that, but. Um, like for me, like I always go to my owner or when I think I'm gonna sign a contract for a team, I'll ask them that. I'll say besides basketball, what else are we gonna do? Are we gonna mm-hmm. to go to children's hospital? Are we gonna to go to the senior center? Like what right. else are we gonna do? And sometimes they didn't even think about it because they're so focused on, you know, basketball, right? But we always end up doing something. I, I, I don't have it written in my contract, but I usually have like kind of a gr- verbal agreement with owners that, hey, we're gonna do this and even sometimes we do it out the owner. I'll just say, hey, look, I want to take my players. We're going to go out on the outskirts of the city to some village and we're going to bring food to this like center or something. Um, so but a lot of teams do try to do something in the community because it it also helps. To be honest, it also helps with the, uh, you know, the branding of the team and stuff. It looks good. Right. Of course. Right. But right. the teams are, are sincere and trying to give back to the community Help us helps a lot. So hopefully players are, you know, again, if you have a young players like 18, 20 years old, just coming in, it's like, hey, you know, we're going to do this other stuff, too. It's not just about basketball. we got to kind of help help a little bit because where, to be honest, like that video you showed, like. Like I'm famous throughout the country, not superstar, but like, you know, when I'm in the gym jogging on a treadmill, I'm watching myself on the video, like people see me, recognize me. Players even more because. You know, they might be six foot eight uh, with long dreads that people have never seen before. It's like, you got to kind of carry yourself a certain way too, right? And when you're in the community, it's like, you can do a lot to help people sometimes small things, but, but it goes a long way sometimes. You should see how excited people get when they when they see like basketball players and stuff out there. Like they're yeah. super with some of those players.
2: Wow, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, but this has been great, 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 and I appreciate you uh, coming on and us having to reschedule and us, um, you know, just talk about the life of abroad, players abroad. Wait, so have you ever met Stefan Carey?
3: No, I actually used to work for Golden State back in the day um but it was before he he got to the team oh okay yeah so I never met him yeah I met um most of the people I knew they like they sold the team to new owners and uh you know switched out a lot of people in it and also in sports it's a revolving door you know there's there's a lot of movement people change jobs all the time um and like I said I in the last uh you know year and a half i I've been in like five, six, I don't know how many countries. I I, lo- I lose count sometimes. Like even if you're in the NBA, like there's a lot of you know, turnover staff, everything. But, right. but anyways, I want to say it's been a pleasure. You know, when I first saw your logo and when people ask me for an interview, I don't do all of them, it just depends on what it is. I, and I saw your logo, I was like, is that a shoe? Is that a <laughs> pump? Is it sports talk? It? Like, <laughs> is that a shoe <laughs> And then I saw what you were doing, and I was like, "Oh, these are like sports moms, and they're trying to like help you know parents and 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 young athletes and stuff." I was like, "Okay, I got to do that one," you know. So that's oh. a good show, yeah. I really want to do it. So I'm sorry about India. My my Wi-Fi connection wasn't working, you know, like a month ago. But I really appreciate coming on. And uh, you know, if people want to contact me, not for jobs, I don't have any, but. <laughs> <laughs> but to talk about uh you know meditation i actually right now stay at mile uh, excuse me niles meditation center in mm. niles michigan and uh people come for, you can come for free learn how to meditate and stuff it's okay it's a coronavirus and stuff like that but um so it's only me and this one monk from thailand but um but niles meditation center but, but you know there's uh you know there's a lot of talk shows out there but you you are unique you ladies are unique so i appreciate you having me on oh thank
2: you, you have a great sense
3: of humor it's fun watching you too oh. <laughs> you're <laughs> always laughing you. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> now i'm coughing i'm
3: coughing now yeah but. so when you go vegan that won't happen anymore you'll be you'll be okay. good <laughs>
2: is that what it is
3: no, okay.
2: I lied. lied. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, yeah. I mean, normally, you know, uh, I don't get the flu or anything. I'll just get a bad okay. cough, and okay. it just keep going. And I went to the doctor and everything, and I went and had the COVID nineteen test. It came back negative, but I just have yeah. this little cough yeah. in it. But I yeah. do definitely need to. Um, uh, eat more vegetables. I definitely my my grandmother and them, we raised a lot of vegetables. And for some reason, I never liked the fresh taste of vegetables. I cook my vegetables to death. My husband said, and so I didn't like the crunchiness of it. And so it's okay. you know I eat the same vegetables all the time. But I need you know we've been doing some episode about doing something new, and so. I am going to um try to eat more vegetable As a matter of fact I had a fry it was it was a fried mushroom but it tastes like a piece of chicken oh
3: yeah Oh, okay huh. yeah
2: it was a it's a place here in DeSoto uh I it might be a uh uh, uh not a Chinese uh near something like that yeah, yeah. And yeah. so he's famous for uh his mushroom fingers or something like that. And it tastes if he fries it, a mushroom he fries it and it has right. a little dipping sauce and it tastes like chicken.
3: I'll try tastes that.
2: Like every, every now <laughs> and then. Yes, yeah. Well,
3: there's such there's such a variety of things we can eat that people don't know about cuz we get used to eating the same stuff, but you know, just explore, experiment, and just try different stuff, and you'll find stuff you like. You'll find healthy See, stuff. You. That's
2: like. not me. I don't like. I'm just. I'm. I'm. My, I'm narrow-minded. I don't like trying stuff my mama never introduced me to. Like we, we <laughs> yeah. did not eat broccoli. I, you know, even though we uh, grew our vegetables and stuff, we did not know anything about broccoli. Yeah. I didn't know anything bro- to bro- about broccoli until I moved to California.
1: And I okay. might have been
2: 21 years old or something. Nice. And so, I, you know, and then I, and so my mind has been close minded to, well, I only eat what my mama introduced me to. And so now I'm trying to step out into it. I just now had cauliflower probably about two years ago, and I had it in the form of a tater tot. That was the only way I could get past oh a God. cauliflower looking white. In all them little spectacles, there was a hair tie, <laughs> <laughs> and so I I made it and uh, I put some turkey meat uh, with taco seasoning on it and put that uh, on top of it and then you put a can of rotel and cheese and I baked it and it was good and that was the only way uh, I could get past eating cauliflower. I you have to camouflage it for me.
3: I, there was some things I didn't like either, but you know, one thing you could try, there's a lot of fake meat stuff. There's fake turkey, fake chicken, fake, fake, you know, like, but it's made out of healthy stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And if you try, like, if you try 10, there might be something you don't like, but there's usually some you will like. Um, yeah. Like, I, like, like I said, I try to eat a variety of stuff and, um, um, there's a lot of vegetables I never heard of, and I go in the supermarkets like, "What that? What's that?" You know, like, okay, let me try it a little bit. Just try to experiment a little bit, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. try. Yeah. Well, listen,
2: thank you so much. I appreciate it. Pleasure. So let you know when COVID nineteen get out, and you end up in a on a team in the United States. Let me know, or maybe the the sports okay. mom could come and be rooting for you. On the side, on the, in the, from the stand, So uh, let us know. My
3: coach in the states. I I, I don't know what's going to happen, right? But uh, but I guarantee you that if I'm coaching here and you're in the area, you, you know we get you some tickets. You know you and the ladies come by for sure. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I coach awesome. somewhere, but we'll see.
2: All right then. Well, blessings right. to you. And thanks for coming on the show. And this is Karen. And this is Can We Talk Sports. I think uh, my other sports moms, they bailed out on me. But that's OK. I love you, too, girls. All right. All right, Coach Lee. See you later.
3: Thank Karen. Take care now. Uh-huh. All bye-bye. right.
2: Bye-bye.